Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. Listen, it is worth speaking the words. That's what we're saying. It's worth spending the time. It's worth speaking the words. It's worth actually connecting our emotions with the truth of the Bible because it's true. Because it's true. So church, just when you think it's not worth praying, remind yourself, he's worthy of our praise. It's worth it. Just when you think you don't have time to read your Bible, you don't have time to come to church, and you think to yourself, ah, what's it going to do anyway? It's worth it. That's what we're saying. He's worthy. When we're saying he's worthy, we're saying it's worth it. It's worth every moment you can spend because every moment you spend with him, praising him, focusing in on him, is the moment you draw closer to God, is the moment that you transform your life even more than it is now. So Father, we thank you for this time focused on you. We thank you for this time that we have given to you declaring your greatness. God, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of hurt, even in the midst of struggle, we praise the name of Jesus. We believe, Lord God, that because we stand firm upon the name of Jesus Christ, that we can believe and know that tomorrow is going to be a better day, that the days ahead of us are going to be better than the days that we have just left. And so we stand upon those words, believing, Lord God, that you have always given us hope for the future. You have always given us hope. God, from the moment Adam and Eve sinned, you've given us hope. Hope for a Savior, and then you came and died and rose again. And the last words you said before you were on earth, you said, I am coming again. Again, hope for those in Jesus. So God, we just place our future in your hands. God, all the unanswered questions in your hands. All of the worries and concerns in your hands. We pray that you would give us peace and hope for tomorrow. But for today, we praise your name. For you are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, worship team. Awesome to be with you this morning and share God's word, uh, share together. And uh, we have been talking in the past about about God's gifts for us. In fact, for for two years we had uh, we were focused in on this one verse: trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all of your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. 
And part of us, God directing our past is that he's making it easier for us to serve him. And one of the ways that he makes it easier, easier for us to serve him is by us understanding our gifts. Understanding the way that God has created us, understanding the way that he has molded us and shaped us. And if we can figure that out, we've, we've been going through the gifts in the Bible. We've been, we've been talking about them and preaching about them. And uh, we even, not this past Thursday, but the Thursday before, we had, a, we had Pastor Jason Clue come and he, he gave us like a, a gifts test that we could all go through to help us kind of reveal in our hearts what our gifts was. And if, listen, if you missed out on that Thursday night and you'd still like that test, I, can, I have that in PDF form. Pastor Jason said you can have that for free. I'll give you all the material that I presented so that even if you couldn't be there, that you could go through it yourself and, and you can have that information. Isn't that awesome? So like, if you're interested in that, then you can come and see me after. I can email it to you and it's like you said, you just, you just I, you take it off your email, print it off and do the test. And if you have any questions about that, you can let me know. But listen, we actually believe that when you realize what your giftings are and you step into those giftings, you say, okay, God, this is the part that I really feel like I'm supposed to do. This is, this is a part of me that I think I'm, I can really do well for you. When you step into that, it, it becomes easier to serve Jesus. It becomes easier to give, your, to give your life daily to Christ because it means that it's just a little bit less hard because the stuff that you do well, you like to do, right? Who likes to do stuff they don't, that they're really bad at? Like, nobody does, right? You don't want to do stuff that you're bad at. I, I don't want to do stuff that I'm bad at. I, I, I get frustrated. I get annoyed with myself. You see, sometimes I feel like as Christians that we're getting annoyed with ourselves because we keep doing things that we're not good at. But I believe that God has put something inside of you that you are good at, that you are gifted at, and he wants you to live through that person that he has made you to be so that it can be easier for you to serve Christ, so it can be, you know, enjoyable. Wouldn't that be great to enjoy your life in Christ? Absolutely, that's what we're going for. We've been talking about that. If you still have questions, please come and talk to us about those gifts. But it is time for us to, to, to step into a new season for our church, and we're talking about, we're going to begin to talk about evangelism, what it means to reach out. But before we get to that, I want to before we get to that, I want to talk about our vision. I want to talk about who we are as Bradford Community Church. I haven't spoken like this. Uh, I'm going to take about a good 15 minutes just talking about what it means to be a part of our church. Um, and the banner that you see, aren't these beautiful, nice banners? Uh, Celeste, uh, Celeste put those together, digitally enhanced them. She actually wove the fabric that they were on, right, Celeste? Those are hand-painted, right? Right? Just nod, Celeste. Just to, no, okay, okay. So, but uh, it's, it's great. And so on the, the past banners we had up there, it also said safety, safety, spirit, and servanthood. So today, I just want to unpack that for you. I know that some of you are just like, okay, Pastor Shane, I've heard you say this so many times. And I'm just like, ah. Oh. But there are some people who haven't. And you know what? Every time I preach about our vision, I get excited. So it may take 17 minutes instead of 15 minutes. Can you just forgive me right now? Can you do like a pre-forgive? Can you like pre-forgive? Can you do that? Are you allowed to do like a pre-forgive? I think you should. I think you just pre-forgive. That's awesome. Thank you so much for your forgiveness. I'll take it. But if you look in your bulletins, you'll see what our vision statement is. And it says, it says this, to develop a spiritual home together. 
by the formation of safe relationships, the commitment to understanding God's word and spirit, and the development of humble servants. The first part of that is, is to develop a spiritual home together. Church, we are family first, right? That we are a people first, we're a family first. Before we're an organization, before we're an institution, before we're a mechanism, we're a family. And whether you're married today or not, or whether you have children or not, no matter what your circumstance is, I believe that God wants you to be a part of a family of God. He wants you to be a part of a community of believers and commit to that community of believers. And so Bradford, at Bradford Community Church, we believe that it, we're trying to form a spiritual home for you. And I don't know about you, but when I'm at home, I feel comfortable. I feel like I can, be, I can be me. I feel like I can be myself. I feel like I can go into the fridge at any point and take out food and eat it. Because that's my house. I'm going into my fridge and I'm going to eat my food. When I go into my mom's house, I go into her fridge and eat her food. Yes, I'm 38 years old and I eat the food out of my, my mom's fridge. Because it feels like home. Because it feels like this is the place I can be myself. This is the place I'm, I am the most me. And for the most part, that's true. Now listen, I understand that some of the homes that you've grown up in haven't been the most amazing homes. Church, we're here to make the right one. We're, here, we're trying to create the right environment for people to feel safe for people to get a sense of God's spirit, to become humble servants. So when we talk in any of, of our conversations, I believe that our relationships should be about brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, grandpas and grandmas, sons and daughters, that we're all in this together. We all have a role to play that we're trying to build a spiritual home. And if we lose sight of that, if we become the organism, if we become the mechanism, if we become the institution, then I believe that we've lost the heart of God. We're building a spiritual home together. It starts with safe relationships. It starts by forming safe relationships. Now that word safe to some people might feel, to some of the men might feel, be like, safe? I don't want to be safe. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to conquer. That doesn't sound like safe to me. But you know what? When you go out and conquer, I don't know about you, but I'd like to take some guys with me that are bigger, stronger, faster, smarter with me. But in order for that to do that, I gotta know that they have my back, right? You don't take somebody out into battle who doesn't, you know don't have, doesn't have your back. It's like no, uh, what's that? The, no uh, allegiance among thieves. It's like you don't take people with you you don't trust, and that's what we're trying to build, safe relationships. But there are certain levels of relationships that we have to make sure that we establish. The first level of relationship is this acceptance, the acceptance that we have with one another. See, some of us, sometimes we'll just get into a room with someone, and we just look at them, and we just, just by the way they look, we decide, not going to be your friend. Right? Sometimes we just look at people and we think to yourself, I don't think we could ever be friends just because of the way that you look. But that's not right, is it? That's not the way it's supposed to be. And those are some of the things we have to get over. And then you may not feel like that's a big step, but some of us have a hard time just shaking the hand of somebody that we think looks weird. Right? 
Sometimes we just have a hard time doing that. And so we need to get past that acceptance. We need to get past that, that judgmental stage of what somebody looks like or what somebody smells like or what somebody, or somebody, how much money somebody makes or what kind of car that they drive or what kind of house that they live in or, or whether they have a job or whether they're unemployed. It has nothing to do with that. We have to accept people as they are. And if we can't get past that step, then we're just sitting in chairs, Right? If you don't greet anybody at church, then what are you doing here? <laughs> if, we don't, if we don't spend time talking with people and, and, and getting to know them and, and at least being nice to them and smiling at them, th- then we're not, we're not in relationship at all, and that's not a family at all. Not a functional one. And that's what we're going for. The second level of of accept, the accepting level of safe relationships is, is the allowance. And so once, the, the truth is about it is, is that once we get to know each other a little bit better, you are going to find something out about me that you hate. Yep, there's something about me that's going to drive you crazy. Yes, there is. You know why, how I know? Because as we get to know, I get to know you, there's something about you that drives me crazy. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not how we talk in church. We're supposed to agree and, and everybody's supposed to agree and we're all supposed to think the same. Look, that's not church. That's not a family. You think differently, I think differently. There are certain things that about your personality that's gonna drive me crazy. Certain things about your personality that's gonna drive me crazy. But the problem is, is that sometimes we get to that level of relationship and we're just like, whoa, that person's a little bit weirder than I thought. I can't believe that they just said that. Can you believe that they just said that? Can you believe they let their kids watch that? Can you believe that that's the thing that just came out of their mouth? Can you believe they don't like sushi? Oh my goodness. How can we be friends? But listen, we've got to get past that level of allowance because you know what? We're going to come up with reasons to disagree. I've not met one person who I have agreed with on everything. Not one. Because sooner or later we're going to disagree and sooner or later we have to decide, do I care about the relationships? Do I care more about the people? Do I have to perfectly line up with everything a person believes before I find someone that I can trust? Because if that's true, you'll never trust anyone. You'll never trust anyone. And God wants us to trust each other. He wants us to work together. So we've got to break through this level of allowance. We've got to be able to say, look, you know what? Let's just, let's, you be your weird and I'll be my weird and we'll just do this together. Okay? But that's what, listen, that's what life is all about. Is your love for one another greater than the differences you have? Now listen, I'm not talking about the differences between faith Right? I'm not talking about saying, like, we, I believe with my whole heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. He rose again, that there is only one way to the Father, and it is by Jesus Christ and having a relationship with him. And he is coming back for a church, and we're going to meet him in the air and spend eternity with him. That is the tie that binds us together. There are little nuances of our, even our faith that we're going to think to ourselves, Whoa, whoa. No, no, no. No, you can't think that. We, I don't even know if we can. Look, I did that. You know what? I came to that point with one of my friends. And I said, 
can you, do you really believe that? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. And I just had to get over it. I just had to get over it because I care more about the person. Now listen, there are certain things that we can't let go of, right? Certain truths that we can't let go of. But we have to make allowances for one another's differences, for one another's flaws, right? Thirdly, eventually we have to get to a level of accountability. Sooner or later, we actually have to trust somebody, and that means sharing your dreams. That means sharing your fears. That means praying with one another. Not prayers for, I hope today goes good. (laughs) Hope you have a good day today. Hope the weather turns out for you. Those are good prayers. But there are deeper issues of our life, aren't there? And even though we may be ashamed to share those things, we are stronger when we bear with each other's burdens. We're stronger when we trust in somebody else to get through it with them. We have to get to this level. Listen, that's not gonna be everybody. I, under, I understand that you're not gonna just bear your soul to every person in this room and just say, look, Pastor Shane said, talked about accountability, so here's, here's my life. Blah. No, that takes a level. You've gotta get through... You've got to get through acceptance and allowance. And there may be one or two people that you have that connection with. But let me tell you, church, once you have that connection with another brother and sister in Christ, it is a stability that will last, will last, will last and help you to get through the hardest moments of your life. So we got to get there. And that's why we're trying to build safe relationships so that when we spend time together, when we see, see each other shopping in the, in the grocery store, we don't go hiding, right? You know, you know what, sometimes you go in the grocery store and you see somebody you know and you're just like, I gotta get out They're in aisle one, you're like going to aisle eight and you're just like, you're looking around in your cart, you're just looking down the aisle like, I, maybe I can get out of here before I see them. That's not how it's supposed to be with the body of Christ. We're supposed to actually enjoy seeing one another. When we see one another, it's supposed to be like, whatever, what's going on? Forget about shopping. Let's hang out. (laughs) That's, That's the kind of relationships we're trying to build. Safe relationships so we can be ourselves. Sometimes when I go grocery shopping, I will, I, I don't know where my wife is. We separate, and so I just, I just call out to her. I just say, Becky, where are you? She really likes it when I do that. <laughs> but, you know, we're still married, you know? It's amazing. Some of these things that we, we can just be ourselves, build safe relationships. The second is, is, is spirit and talking about God's word and his spirit working together. Did you know that the reason that we believe the Bible to be true is because we believe that the Holy Spirit inspired people to write the words down that they did? And that we believe that that Bible, that the, the Bible that you read was actually inspired by the Holy Spirit for each and every word to be written down. 
Now, the, the word was written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, and so it was translated out of those languages into, you know, into the translations that you have. But we believe that when we take God's word, the written word of God, and we combine that with the still small voice of the Holy Spirit, that you have the most powerful opportunity to serve Christ. The most powerful opportunity to serve Christ. And we believe that Spending time developing your relationship with God through the power of his Holy Spirit is an important thing because it's going to bring you closer to Christ. It's going to change your life. The first level of that is that the Spirit reveals, listen, the first relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit is that he draws us closer to Jesus, right? He's like, listen, the way you've been doing it is wrong. You need to, like, think about Jesus. We've all come to that spot. If we've given our lives to Jesus, each and every one of us has said, you know what, I'm doing this wrong, I need to follow Christ. And that there are things in our lives that we need to change. There are things that are destroying us that we need to change. And that the Spirit speaks to us through his word to help us reveal the things that are good for us and the things that are bad for us. Because church, there are definitely things in this world and in this society that are bad for you. Definitely behaviors and habits that we can have that will be destructive to your family, to your job, to everything that you do. And the Bible has something to say about it. And when we read the Bible, I believe the Spirit speaks to us and says, hey, this is for you. That the Spirit reveals the Word of God and helps us to bring purity and holiness to our life. The second thing is that the Spirit teaches us, teaches us about God, teaches us about what he believes about us and what we should believe about him. Because honestly, church, there are some people in this world who actually believe that God hates them. There are people in this world who believe God hates them. And if I could change everybody's mind, if I can convince everybody in this world this one fact that God actually loves them and doesn't hate them, I'd, we'd see a different world. We'd see a different world. Well, that's what reading the Bible will help you understand, that God doesn't hate you, that he actually loves you, that he's thinking about you, that he's working, he's working things out for you, working things for your good. He also wants you to know that he wants obedience. He wants you to, to walk in obedience with him. Otherwise, there are consequences. Not consequences that are going to break your relationship, but consequences that are going to destroy you. There are mistakes that we all make. If we stay connected to Christ as our Lord and personal Savior then he's gonna take care of us. He's gonna help us, help us to serve him. But sometimes there's mistakes that we make. God's word tells us that he doesn't hate you, but he's going to discipline you if you do something wrong. That there's going to be discipline for things that are done wrong. Listen, we need to know that about God. Otherwise, we have some crazy idea about who God is. The Spirit reveals this to us as we read his word, as we read the Bible, and so that we understand, oh, that's what you meant when I'm supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, that's what you meant with the Ten Commandments when you said that I should honor my father and mother. Oh, that's what, that's what you were trying to say to me. He reveals it through the power of his Spirit in conjunction with his word. So we have to read the Bible and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, the Spirit leads, and this is actually 
absolutely the best part of serving Christ, serving Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit because there are moments in our life where we are living our regular, ordinary day lives, whether we're at work with our families or we're teaching or we're home with our kids, that God speaks to us, that he speaks to us. And he says, listen, I want you to pray for this person. I want you to go and do something nice for this person. Wait a second. Don't say anything right here. Wait until after. That he, in his still small voice, he gets us to practically work out our salvation in everyday life. In everyday life, then I believe that God wants to speak to you with every conversation, with every person that you ever have that we have the opportunity to reflect Jesus Christ. But that only happens if we understand that we are ambassadors of Christ and that we can go forth in his name and in his power and by his spirit eternally affect other people's lives. The spirit leads us in the right way, the right time, with the right words, with the right attitude in specific moments to do extraordinary things for him. The last thing is about servanthood. To, that we're, we're trying to produce and create humble servants because that is the attitude and the posture of Jesus Christ. Right? That's the posture of Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't come as a politician. He didn't come as an earthly king. He came in a very, very humble way. He came in the darkest, dirtiest part of Israel. Jesus of Nazareth? What good could come from there? Jesus didn't show up with a crown on his head. He came in humility and says, the greatest of you will be the servant of all. The greatest of you will be the servant of all. And so that is the attitude that we need to adopt. Anything less is unchristlike, church. Anything less than a servant attitude, that a humble servant attitude is not Christ-like, is not Christian. The first thing that we have to do is humble ourselves before Christ. The first, in his word, in saying, okay, we actually have to stop certain behaviors. We actually have to stop doing things in our life and serve Christ, serve Jesus. It starts with us serving his purposes because there's, there are some things I read in the Bible and I think, God, that doesn't make any sense. You want me to do what with my money? You want me to treat, you want me to, treat my wife this way, my husband this way? You want me to do this with my kids? You want me to, you want me to, you want somebody to hit me in the face and me to go back and try and be their friend again? Is that what it said? You, you want me to love my enemies? Sometimes, listen, church, sometimes I read the Bible and I think, that is not what anybody else is saying. But the truth is, is that if we're going to serve Jesus, we have to serve the very truth that he provides Adapt that to our lives, and that's about serving Christ. Because you know what? His plan, his ways are perfect ways, the best ways. And we need to trust in those ways. And it starts with humbling ourselves and having that servant's heart. But the second step is a little bit tougher. The second step in servanthood is actually serving one another. 
which is a lot harder than serving Christ because you know what? We all know that Jesus Christ is perfect, right? That, well, God says it, so that's what I have to do. But now you're asking me to humble myself before people, like other Christians? But God, like, they're kind of a jerk. You want me to put the needs of this person in my church before I put my own needs? You want me to spend time helping them when I've got tons and tons of things that I'm supposed to help myself with? But I know what that person does during the week. I know how that person treats their kids. I know how, what kind of a boss that person is. God, you're asking me to serve somebody that, that may not even appreciate what I'm doing for them. Yeah, sounds like Jesus. <laughs> sounds like something Jesus did. Do you know that there, was, there were towns that Jesus went into and he healed all the people and hardly any of them believed in him? I, if it was me, listen, if it was me, I, I'd be like, I, if I was Jesus, I would have been like, okay, all the people who are going to believe in me, I'm going to heal you. But if you don't, well, maybe I'll get to you. <laughs> maybe I'll get to you. But that's just me. Like, why would I serve someone? Why would I help someone who's not going to reciprocate thank you? Why would I serve and heal someone if they're not going to respond, because you know what? Jesus didn't heal them for the response. Jesus didn't heal them because he was hoping for some sort of affirmation back. He just did it because he loved them. He just did it because he didn't think he was better than the leper. He didn't think he was better than the crippled man. He didn't think he was better than the drunkard. He didn't think he was better than them, so he said, what can I do to make your lives better? That's serving one another. That's serving one another. And we've got to get to that level, church. Like, I think Christians in North America are extremely good at serving Christ. They're good at serving Christ, but when it comes to serving people, we have a hard time because we all think that we should be in charge and we all think that we're kind of better than the other person, and so I, I, they, how could you think that when I could think that? I mean, this is, this is what I should. We all have a bit of a me complex here. And then the next level is just unthinkable, is serving the world, serving those who don't even know him, serving those who... Who, who, who don't know the name of Jesus, who in fact may even persecute us, may even make fun of us when we speak the name of Jesus. And yet God calls us to serve him. God calls us to actually make their priorities and their lives more important than our lives. And listen, I understand that we're all busy. I understand that we all have, we all have responsibilities, right? We all, we've got to take care of our families. We've got to make money in order to support our families. We all have responsibilities and we all have those things to do. But Jesus was the example for us in this. 
That he came to seek and save the lost. And then when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Pastor Shane, you want me to serve those who don't even know you, who don't even care about you? They don't even, they're not even going to appreciate what I'm doing? Yeah, it sounds like Jesus. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, listen, we hadn't even come to know him. We didn't even know who he was and Christ died on the cross so that we might be saved. It wasn't about our response. It was about who Jesus was. And that we need to take the attitudes of servants. And that's why we're trying to build that. That's why we're trying to grow on that. that those are the kind of people that we, that we want to be. Because that expression of Christ, this expression of Christ, I believe the, the attitude and the servanthood expression of Christ lets people, everybody around us know, look, we're Christians, but we don't think we're better than you. How do you think the world will respond? A lot better than they have. We're Christians. We love Jesus. Can we help you? Can we serve you? Can we make your lives better? What can we do? I'm telling you right now that you will change the very people around you when you begin to humble yourselves and not think that you're better or more important than them. The reason I talk about servanthood, and I'm just going to get to the beginning of what I have to say. And you're like, whoa, beginning of what I had to say 10 minutes. Listen, I'm going to read you a portion of scripture. I'm going to kick off this, this season of our church as far as like evangelism is concerned. So I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles. And some of the, some of the teachers and the biblical people in the room are just like, finally, he opens the Bible. Um, I'm going to ask you to turn to John chapter 1, verse 19. Finally, the Bible. It's a good thing he got there. I feel you. I understand. John chapter 1, verse 19. Listen, I just want you to listen to what I have to read this morning and listen to the interactions that people had with one another. And then I'm going to close pretty fast. Verse 19, this was John's testimony. When the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. Verse 20, he did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah, they asked. Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He said, I am not. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us the answer to this. Give us the answer to this. Oh, I lost my way on my digital Bible here. What do you say about yourself? John replied, in the words of the Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent to question him why do you then baptize if you're not the Messiah or Elijah nor a prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one who you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. 
This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said a man comes after me but has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water is that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave his testimony, and I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man who you see the Spirit come down on and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified to this. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon with Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about the prophets who also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth, can anything could from the, come from there? Nazareth, Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is Israelite in whom there's no deceit. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under a fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe. Because I told you I saw you under a fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, very, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. When I went to Bible college, it was a very, very um, intimidating moment for me because I didn't know anybody there. Have you ever gone to a place where you didn't know anybody? Do you ever go into a place where you just don't know it and you don't know anybody and you feel like you're like, oh, this is weird, this is awkward. Some of you are crazy people and you're just like, oh, I don't know anybody. I'm gonna know everybody in about five minutes. <laughs> but that's not me. It's a good crazy, Heidi, it's okay. <laughs> so listen, I go there and I'm just, I'm really intimidated. I'm really intimidated. I go into the room and I'm just like, Oh my goodness, I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't know anybody and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to pull this off and, and finally I've, as, as I was getting ready to go to Bible college about three weeks before I met somebody and they're just like, hey, do you need, I'm going to Bible college, I go to Bible college, do you wanna be my roommate? And I'm like, yes I do. 
Yes, I do. I want to be your roommate. I didn't know this guy very much, but I knew him a little bit more than I knew a stranger. And uh, so it, it gave me a little bit more pause. It gave me a little bit like, okay, I'm going to be okay. It's going to be a little bit easier to transition into this because I know somebody. And they're going to help me get to know other people, and, and that'll be good. So you know what? I did get, to, I went to Bible college. I spent some time with him and his friends, and I got to know people. And it was an easier transition because that person was there. I went downtown Toronto. Have you ever been to downtown Toronto to the underground world of the path? You know what the path is? It's an underground shopping mall under the busiest part of Toronto between, between Young Street and University. You can walk underground for kilometers. But there's no street signs. There's no street signs, only the names of buildings. There's only the names of buildings. So listen, if you know where you're going down there and you know the names of the buildings and where they are, then that's fine. But if all you know are the street names that are above ground, you're out of luck. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to weave my way and try and find my way down in this path world downtown Toronto. And so at one point I was in the TD Bank building and then I was going to the Scotiabank building and then the BMO building, but I didn't really know where I was. And the only way that I really knew where I was is if I went to the map and said, oh, okay, this is where you are. But as soon as I left the map, I was confused again because it was a foreign world, a foreign place. I wish there was just somebody who was there and I just said, look, I need to go here. And they'd be like, okay, well, I'll just walk you there. You know those are always the best people who help you at Home Depot, right? Because Home Depot feels like the, the Toronto map of, like, of the rest of the world. You like go into Home Depot and you're just like, I just need a nail. <laughs> Please tell me where the nails are. And there's that one person at Home Depot who's just like, can you show me where the nails are? And they're just like, sure, follow me. And I'm like, thank you. We need people to help us to serve Christ a little bit easier. Listen, the story about John, John's whole purpose in life was to point to Jesus his whole purpose in life was to point to Jesus. His whole purpose to life was, was to say, hey, look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look, look, this is the answer. This guy, this guy's the answer. Look, the Lamb of God. I can't, I'm not even good enough to tie up his shoes, but look at this guy. Can you imagine what it would have been like for John when John's just like, hey, go and look at, this is the guy. And then, you know what it says is that John's disciples left him. Hey, guys, see? Yeah. They used to be my disciples. Now they're gone. They just left him. Because, but John didn't get hung up on it because he knew that was the answer for his life. So one of the disciples, listen, one of the disciples is one of the John's disciples who goes over to Jesus. And so Andrew finds Jesus, realizes this is the Messiah, and what does he do right away? And goes and finds his brother. He says, you gotta come and see this guy. You gotta come and see this guy. This is the guy. This is him. 
This is the Messiah. The one we've been waiting centuries for. This is him. The one about Moses. The one that's in the Bible. The, way, the one that made our parents made us memorize over and over. This is him. You gotta come and see. You gotta come and see. And you know what? It happens again. Philip and Nathaniel. One of the brothers finds out it's Jesus and he goes to, goes to his brother and says, look, you gotta come and see this for yourself. This is the Messiah. This is the answer for your life. This is going to take your, this very moment and completely explode it and your whole life is gonna change right now. You gotta come and see this guy. Couple of chapters later, the woman at the well speaks to Jesus. Her whole life has changed and she goes into her village and says, you gotta come and see the man who told me everything I'd ever done. You gotta come and see this guy. Because he's gonna, he changed my life and he's gonna change your life too. That's what God's calling us to do. You don't have to preach a sermon. You don't have to have a five-point plan in converting your family to Christianity. There's just got to be a passion about Jesus Christ that rises up inside of you that says, you've got to come and see this. You gotta come and see for yourself that what God has is true. What he has for you is real. This is the answer to life. This is the guy. This is the person. This is it. You notice that the Bible didn't say that, you know, like Andrew came to his brother Peter's just like, hey Peter, like, uh, what are you doing right now? Just fishing, you know, I'm just fishing. Well, you know, if you have an extra time, uh, maybe later or tomorrow, whenever, you know, like whatever. You need to like come and meet this guy because like he's a, you know, it's, it's pretty good. You know, so, you know, you should, do you want to cut? It's a, no pressure. Listen, Andrew was too excited. He was too excited. He was too excited to be courteous. He was too excited to get, to get all like, I don't know, what, what's Peter gonna think of me? He was too excited. He was too excited to, found, to have found the answer himself because he needed to share it to the people around him. He needed to tell his brother. First person he goes to is his brother. He's like, I gotta go tell my brother. I gotta tell my brother right now. I'm gonna go tell him right now. Here I go, I'm gonna go tell my brother. There was nothing else that was gonna happen until he told his brother because he cared so much about his brother that he needed to tell him the truth. And each one of them says, come and see, come and look, come and meet the man who changed my life and who will change your life too. It's simple, church. This is what we have to do. This is what God's calling us to do, to just say, you know what? My life's been changed. You need to come and see for yourself. Come and see for yourself. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He will not disappoint. He will not disappoint. He will not let you down. Listen, you, they may not respond, but know and know and know that you have given the people around you the chance for eternity. 
and it is worth it. Come and see for yourself. Would you bow with me? I'm going to pray. This morning, just with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to know that my, my heart is not that we would grow Bradford Community Church, but that we would grow the kingdom of God. Of course, I'd love for more people to come to our church. But the purpose for this is so that people who were going to go to hell would go to heaven. The purpose is for lives to be changed. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, I don't know if you know Jesus as your personal savior. You've just watched some bald guy with glasses get all excited about something that maybe you've never heard or never understood before. But I just believe that message of Jesus Christ that he wants a relationship with every person on the face of the earth and I want to give you a chance to make that decision today for the first time and you know what you'll have to decide again tomorrow to serve him and the next day and the next day to serve him because serving Jesus Christ isn't about one day and one prayer it's about the rest of your life but I'm telling you, that rest of your life will be way better with him than without him. It will transform your eternal destiny with nobody looking around. With nobody looking around, if you would like to make a decision not to come to Bradford Community Church, but to give your life to Jesus Christ I want to help you make that step. And so I want to pray with you. But with nobody else looking around, if that's you and you want to decide that today, I'm just going to ask you to to put your hand up and put it down, and then we're going to pray all together. You want to give your life to Jesus Christ, just put your hand up and then put it down. And if that's you today, just up and down, and then we'll pray. Is there anyone here today? trying to manipulate you. I just want to give you a chance. Is there anybody here today who'd just like to do that? Okay. But just as we pray this morning, if you have any questions about that, please come and ask Pastor Pastor Corey or Pastor Becky or myself. If you're you're a youth and with, you can talk with, with uh, Jonathan and we'd love to answer questions about that. This morning, I just want you to begin to believe that you can do this. I just want you to begin to have faith and let faith rise up in you and say, I can, 
I can testify about Jesus Christ. I can do this. Father, I just pray right now that faith would rise up in us. God, as we learn what it means to be, to spread the gospel, as we learn what it means to share the love of Jesus with the people around us, God, there are people right now who are scared to death to even talk about this. Because there's, they don't want to be humiliated and they don't want to feel awkward and they don't want to feel weird and they're scared, Lord God. And I just pray that you'd take all fear away in Jesus' name. God, that you would take it all away in Jesus' name because this is not about trying to make people become people that they're not. But that we would be able to use the gifts that we have. We would be able to use the people that we are in order to share this truth that we all know to be true. We all know to be life transforming. So God, I just pray that fear would go away in Jesus' name. And we would not be scared. We would not be afraid that you're going to teach us and help us and show us the very best way to reach the people around us. That in each person's life in every individual situation at some moment we'll be able to see and say that we have found the answer to their life and that it's you Jesus help us to encourage them to seek you out and to learn about you so, Lord, as we go into this next season, I believe and know that people are going to come to be saved. God, I believe and I know that you're going to use the body of Christ in order to reach out to others so that they will be saved, so that they will know who you are and we will be able to party and have a great time just blessing how extraordinarily faithful that you, you are. But, Lord, I pray that we would be the people who make it that much easier to accept Jesus Christ. We would be the people who make it that much easier for people to say yes to you, Jesus. We would be the ones who would lead them to you and that you would do the work in their lives. Help us to believe that we are those people. Help us to believe that we are those people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. I'm excited about this next season uh, of our church. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy the weather. It was great to be with you here at Bradford Community Church.